Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, leadership is an invaluable quality within a business, particularly during challenging periods. However, my next guests, Professor Connell Fanning and Dr. Assumpta O'Kane, have developed a framework which challenges the traditional perception of leadership. The authors of The Leadership Mind join me now to tell us more. Before we discuss the idea behind The Leadership Mind, I'd like to get an insight into your respective backgrounds. Okay, thank you. Um, So I'm a practicing psychologist. I've worked um, in the area of organizational development for 30 years. I suppose a couple of interesting highlights. I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers and spent some time working across different cultures in both Africa and Turkey at a stage. Um, And then more recently was working with Pfizer in Cork uh, through an expansion of of their main site from about 300 people to about 600 people, and then through various acquisitions. So organization development is what I know about, um, and really that's about people developing themselves um, and you know, excelling, I suppose, in their confidence and in their capability in the workplace. And Connell, amongst other things, you had an illustrious career in UCC. Provide us with an insight into that. I'm not sure it, it was illustrious, but it was a long one anyway. I was... <laughs> I was head of the economics department and professor of economics for oh, the best part of 30 years. And when I finished with that, I got the opportunity from the university to set up a little research centre, the Keynes Research Centre, to allow me to explore ideas that I had been developing over the previous decade in the executive MBA programme. So when you came together to collaborate on this project, how did you go about developing the concept of the leadership mind? Well, we, we stumbled into the problem, really, um, to be clear about it, because we, we had a notion of working with people on continuing development in adulthood. And we had this kind of focus called the leadership mind. So we thought we'd just go to the, the management and business literature and pick up a few definitions of the concept of leadership and things. And to our horror, we found that um, it was absolutely a mess. There were hundreds of definitions lying around, no criteria for selecting among them. And put bluntly, the situation was and is still a scandal. And we found that with no way of deciding what we worked with, and we set about to solve the problem, so to speak. And we thought it'd be a six-month project, then a year, then two years. It actually turned out to be five. But I think we actually have cracked the problem and come up with a concept and theory of leadership that has not been available before and that is a sustainable and workable one for people. So Asumta, provide us with an insight into the key aspects of the framework itself. I suppose the most important thing we would like um, people to understand is that this, the leadership mind is about ourselves. It's about our capability for living <laughs> in every aspect of our life, whether it's our relationships or whether it's in the workplace. But the fundamental is that it's an inner capability. And in the book, you'll see actually how we show that leadership is not an external experience. It's actually an internal capability that we're developing and can develop with greater complexity to meet the demands that we're dealing with in the the outside world. And what is your definition of leadership? If we think about most people, they think about it as a job. Leadership is a job, that long desired promotion to whatever it is, director of or CEO of or 
leader of. That has been the, the, you know, the whole push for many people over many years in their lives. Um, but there's a wonderful poem we actually use, which says, OK, you get there. What do you do then? What does leadership look like then if it's just a job title? That's an empty word. That's the kind of concept that Connell has been talking about. If people are actually using empty concepts, empty words, and then there's nothing there when, you know, they have, actually have to deliver and live up to this. So the, the escaping from the past and old ideas about leadership that we have come to accept as normal, like job titles. Another big one would be looking at certain sort of personality traits, certain personality characteristics, like extroversion, for example, or somebody who's highly organized and, and you know, sort of attempting to latch leadership as a, as a kind of a, a label on those particular traits. And what then about people who don't have those characteristics or those traits of kind of natural, naturally kind of coming up for them in their personality. So there's a lot of, um, a, another one that's used is um, emotional intelligence. People who are emotionally intelli- intelligent tend to make better leaders. So is that what we mean by leadership? So understanding and, you know, where each of us stand in relation to how we think about leadership right now and what's in that concept we hold about leadership. Where does it come from? How did we accumulate it? Um, that is the first step in actually coming to terms with, um, I suppose, a more realistic and a fuller view of leadership leading to, which is back to your question, part of going around the houses, what is leadership? Leadership is about, and there's, there's a lovely line in page 84 of the book where we say, um, it's what's going on inside us. That's what we mean by an inner capability. How are we thinking? How are we making meaning about the everyday experiences that are, you know, just part of our lives, like this conversation. How can individuals go about developing this leadership mindset? Well, the first thing we would hope is they read this book. This book is not assertions. Unlike most, virtually all books in the field of leadership and business, this book is not assertions. It's an invitation to think with us and to think through the issue with us. Now, it is an argument in that respect, we're a series of thought chains where we're working out the problem. So the first thing would be if people would be kind enough and good enough to actually read the book and engage with the developing argument and think with us. Then the other thing is, going back to what I mentioned about Keynes earlier, about the problem is the challenges to let go of old ideas. That really is the starting point. And one of the old ideas we have to let go of is the idea of leaders. One of the implications of our argument is to get rid of the notion of leaders in the sense of somebody is a leader, they go into the office in the morning and they provide leadership. Leadership is not a position, status, or any of those things, as everybody actually points out and then ignores that. They don't go on and ask, so what what is leadership? Well, leadership isn't those things it isn't a lasting condition, so you can't appoint somebody as a leader. It's something comes from inside a person who, have, who has developed themselves sufficiently to have insight at the degree of complexity of the world in which we're living. And in your opinion, is there particular personality traits that that individual must possess before they enter into this? See, when we talk about capability, we're talking about ourselves. And we have three, you'll see in the book, there are three different types of people who can progress intentionally and deliberately, who can develop um, through, through their lives. So the first 
stage of development we talk about um, and manifests itself in a person is the socialising person. And that's somebody who is using concepts and theories and, you know, is formulating their lives from what they have acquired through their education and um, through what we call external authorities. And not only education, community, family, um, all the experiences that they have constructed and then just without awareness, use that meaning making in terms of the decisions and the judgments and the type of problem solving that they do. And that's a huge step, Carl. It's a huge step for most people. Probably comes up in average about so between the ages of 35 and 40. We actually have taken a case study. Um, it's a composite CEO. Most of us will recognize ourselves in her. Her name is Angela. And we take her at the age of 40 and show just through very real examples how she's making meaning through uh, herself as an outdated accumulation. And yet she's coming up against problems in the outside world in her job, which this outdated accumulation are just, she's just not aligned to. And then what happens is to continue the progression, she is lucky enough to work, meet and work with somebody who we call a trusted critical friend. Um, and this is a, another kind of composite type of CEO person called Maggie. Um, and she can see what's going on for Angela. She's that bit ahead of her. She's a decade ahead. She can see and understand that Angela's meaning making, her way of making sense of the world, which comes from within her, is, is, is misaligned. But she also knows that Angela doesn't know about this because we don't talk about development um, a lot in, in our society. We talk lots about story and thoughts, you know, the facts, the content, the information. We talk a lot about that. But we don't actually talk about the how so much, the how we think. So Angela's role, and you'll see it in the book, is to, to guide Angela to pay attention, not just to the what, but also to the how of herself, how she is constructing her reality. So on that basis, Assumpta, is emotional intelligence the fundamental pillar behind this concept? I'm so delighted you asked me that question. You see, it's not. We must grasp that capability is the way in which, and it's, this is difficult, Carol. This is a real shift for us. Capability is how, from the inside out, we're looking at the world. It's how we construct reality. Emotional intelligence may, that, that, that's kind of the skill side of it and the, you know, just we, we, can, we can become more skillful by developing our ability to, to listen, to question, to relate, to empathise, all those really good things that emotional intelligence tells us. But ultimately, we have to look at how we're constructing our experiences. Is it through a socialising mind? Is it through a self-authoring mind? Or is it through a self-transforming mind? That's this inner place we talk about. And it's what we want people to stop and think and go and find in themselves. How does somebody that has developed this leadership mind actually approach solving problems within an organisation? That's a very good question. The way we would answer the book is we have a very important part in, in the book about Robert Kennedy's great speech at Indianapolis in 1968, April the 4th, I think, when the night when Martin Luther King was murdered and he spoke to people. And we use this to, to illustrate what we call a leadership moment. But Robert Kennedy was head of a Democratic Party heading for 
the presidential election. These are jobs, headship, things like that are jobs. What he did in Indianapolis was from himself, as the something would say from the whole person, he brought out a leadership moment. Indianapolis was the only major city in the United States that didn't burn and riot the night that Martin Luther King was murdered. And Kennedy's speech and speaking to the people of Indianapolis is credited with that effect. Now, that's the leadership moment. You see it? But what, what's going on? You see the speech. It's a, it's a, he's shuffling paper. He's shuffling his feet. There's nothing dramatic in that sense about it. Where did it come from? It came from within him. And that really is the problem of leadership today. We're looking all the time at observables. We're looking at people's suits, their behavior, whatever. Leadership comes from inside. It's invisible and must be talked about in a different language. And that's the first challenge for CEOs and business people is to actually realize they have to learn a new language if they really want to actually work with the concept of leadership. And talk to us about the importance of leadership being centered on insights. Well, this is the internals, you see. This, this is what you're doing. In a way, you have to use a metaphor because it's unobservable and we're not used to talking about unobservable. We tend to always be looking at things that we can see and observe and we can talk about them. We have to actually talk about things that are unobservable in metaphorical terms. So insight, literally insight, inner sight, is a metaphor for what's going on inside a person. Um, and as I say, we must work with it metaphorically, otherwise we can't have the language to talk about it. And therefore, metaphorically, a very good way of thinking about it is uh, the metaphor of a sixth sense. If you think about our five senses, taste, hearing, all that kind of thing, the smell, our five senses, and you hold something in your hand, say, we know it's a mug, because that's what we call it, but you hold a mug in your hand, no, no single one of your five senses will tell you what it is. Forget the label mug, that's not the point. It won't tell you, it, it, the, the touch won't tell you what it is, the smell won't tell you. So we must have some way of integrating all the senses. And metaphorically, we call that the sixth sense. So insight is that integrative sixth sense that people have in a complex situation if they're capable of having it. And it's what gives them the, 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 the direction in which to turn. And from your own insights, who can you point to that demonstrates that leadership mind today? Well, we have a superb example in the book, um, and it is Nelson Mandela. Um, so he, and we, we've looked and we've studied hard, but he is probably the best exemplar that we, we can come up with to show this. Now, look, none of us have ever interviewed or talked to Nelson Mandela, so we don't know exactly said earlier. We can only go on his observed behaviour. But from his observed behaviour, we would deduce he was working with some sort of an insight that he had. Now, where does that come from? As you know, he had to stop and think. He was in jail for is it, 27 years. Um, so he had a lot of time to look at his situation, what got him into prison, what the situation was in South Africa at the time, and how possibly to get beyond it. Now, and this is really important because a lot of people can only stay within their own way of seeing the world, their own concepts and theories. We've actually kind of 
seen through our research that that can become a kind of jail and prison in itself. But it's the type of person who can actually recognise and see and hold their own point of view with dignity and with self-care, but also reach out to other people's perspectives, like Mandela had to do in his situation by reaching out to other people facing the same problem he was facing. How are they going to bring peace and prosperity into South Africa? Um, And they certainly weren't going to do it by just sticking in their own positions, in their own points of view. But Mandela is the one we have found from our research who was able to transform his own point of view, find an enlarged mentality, an ability to see outside of his own experience by working with others to move on, you know, the situation in his country. Going back to the Robert Kennedy example, that your listeners um, could do an exercise for themselves the the episode we're talking about is only five or six minutes on YouTube, easily available. There are many versions of it. We'd recommend the History Channel version that's available on YouTube. Watch that. Watch it, observe it very carefully and ask, what is actually going on here? This is a leadership moment without question. And ask yourself then, so what am I seeing? And how many of the things am I seeing correspond to what I've been told leadership is about? Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Professor Connell Fanning and Dr. Assumpta O'Kane, authors of The Leadership Mind, and I'd like to thank them both for sharing this fascinating framework with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.